Hi there, I'm life coach Michelle Davis, and you're listening to my podcast, Decide Already. You know, I truly believe that the most important business is the one called your life, and you either create it or you'll have to experience one by default, and if you're like me, that just won't do. So stick around. I'm going to be sharing all of my best tools and tricks for creating the life of your dreams, one you'll love, and I'm talking every area, fun, love, relationships, health, money, career, every area. I'm so happy you're here. Let's get started. And so today's talk is around an idea that Rumi said in his famous quote, your heart knows the way, run in that direction. So how do you feel about that quote? Do you believe it? Do you believe that your heart knows? You know, if you don't believe it, I challenge you. Actually, I invite you to keep an open mind during this episode. I'm going to demonstrate why I believe that it is a true statement through a little story around using one of my tools that I've already shared with you. And I think that once you see it, how it was used and how the heart responded with the right answer, you will see that once I followed that, it was really clear that it knew the way. I decided to talk about this topic because I've heard people say that the problem is that people run away with their emotions. They let their heart lead the way and they don't use their mind. They're not thinking when they make their decisions. And I will tell you, to me, that is an absurd statement. And you may think that's a valid statement, that you actually have witnessed people running away with their emotions and they're not really thinking when they're making decisions or when they're acting. But you be the decider. Let me tell you my story and then I'll break it down for you and you decide if you think your heart should lead the way or if you think your mind should lead the way. So I taught you in a past episode about the set and reset tool that I created. It's a very simple tool for staying in the present moment. You can use it in a multitude of ways. You can use it around creating a habit. And I did share it with you around creating some habits. But this time, I'm going to share it with you around dealing with a relationship. And I have a 13-year-old who I adore, but sometimes we really butt heads and we really can trigger each other and set each other off. And at one point, I realized that I didn't like showing up that way and it didn't make me happy to be that way with him and I didn't want our relationship to continue like that. So I created a tool that I use in other ways now, but originally the tool was created to help him and me get along better. And so it's very simple. In the past episode, I talked about it being the set reset and setting a point. That's what the set means is to set a point within yourself of how you want to show up. And then the reset is asking that set point a simple question to get back to it when you've left it. So for example, if he and I argue all the time and we have a lot of issues, which we were having, I realized that that's not how I wanted to show up. I didn't feel good when we walked away from each other. It was a very 
bad feeling. Nothing was ever resolved correctly. And I really wanted to show up as a calm and loving mother. I wanted to be in control of myself. I didn't want to come from a place of anger. I wanted to come from my heart. So I decided that my set point would be that I am a calm and loving mother when I'm with Trey. And so as it often did, he would come asking for something. And if my response wasn't what he wanted, it would result in a multitude of behaviors that would very quickly set me off. And next thing you know, we were arguing, running down that same rabbit hole that we would always go down with this bickering back and forth. It would just get more and more escalated. And the trick about having a set point is that you could still get set off and you could still start to go down that rabbit hole. But At some point, you are tethered now to a set point that's going to yank you back and say, wait a minute, what are you doing? You're supposed to be a calm and loving mother with Trey. And that's exactly what happened the next time that he and I got into our normal routine. And when that set point is triggered, it happens in seconds. So even though I'm saying it and it's taking me a while to explain it to you, it happens in the mind so fast. It is triggered so fast. And so when I said that, that came up for me, wait a minute, you're supposed to be a common loving mother. I asked it very sarcastically, by the way, I must say, well, if I was a common loving mother, what would I do now? Because I was already so frustrated. Well, the immediate answer that comes when you ask that question of a set point comes directly from your heart. The problem with that is that it comes in fast, quiet, and Within seconds, the mind kicks in. Actually, the ego kicks in with all of the data, experiences, and the reasons why that initial reaction from the heart will not work. And my friends, if I've taught you anything about what it's like to be out of the present moment, it's like that. That's exactly what the mind is doing when it starts to throw data and experiences at you. Where are those coming from? Those are coming from the past. The past. Look it. This is what's happened before. This is what it was like. This never changes. It happens all the time. Or fears can kick in. Well, if you do the thing, this could happen. What if that happens? This is all coming from future and past thinking, which means that you have left the present moment. And like I've taught you before, if you've left the present moment, those are not your answers. Your answers do not come. Well, the answers for what you're actually experiencing right now in the present moment are not going to be found in the future thinking or in the past thinking. It's not there. Any answers you get in future thinking belongs to that future thought. Or from the past, it belongs from the past. It does not have any power and it's the wrong idea for what's actually happening. That day we were having the argument and I asked the question, well, what would I do if I were a common loving mother? That initial heart reaction was I would hug him. And I know you can just laugh with me because that's exactly what my exact head space response was like, <laughs> bull, I'm not hugging him. Are you kidding me? I mean, I'm looking right at him. He's 
making faces at me. There's no way I'm hugging that kid. I'm not going to reinforce his behavior. If I hug him, he will completely lose all respect for me. All will be lost, right? And this will continue over and over again. This will just not end. But I know enough to know, or should I say to recognize, when I've left the present moment and I recognize that those were coming from the wrong place. Now, the argument's still going on, but in those few seconds in the thinking, I went back to I would hug him. And I remember that in this teaching of the set and reset, you've got to do that first thing. You have to do it fast before you're flooded in with all that other stuff. So that's what I did. I decided to go for it and trust that it knew the way, that my heart knew the way, and I needed to follow it in that direction. And so I threw my arms out and grabbed my son. And as I did that, his face lit up. I think I scared him actually because my movement was so fast and kind of aggressive. But I grabbed him and I pulled him into my arms and I hugged him. And he looked up at me and he melted in my arms, literally sunk into my arms. And then I no longer had to ask myself any questions. I already knew what to do. It just started coming out of me. And I just looked at his precious precious face. And I said, Hey, I love you. And I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be like this with you anymore. And he started crying. And he said, I know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, mommy. He said, I just really want that thing. And I just really was trying to get you to give it to me. And I'm just sorry. And I said, I know, I know, but I don't want us to do it this way. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about what's going on but I don't want to do it like this. And he said, okay, okay, I'm sorry. So I hugged him for a bit. We resolved the issue. We went about the day. And the thing I will tell you that I did not expect was what happened the rest of the day. I would say probably about 10 times he came up to me and just hugged me out of the blue just hugged me out of nowhere, just for no reason. Like I was doing the dishes and he came up behind me and just hugged me. And I looked at him and he smiled at me and then he just walked away. And then I was doing something else and he did it again. And it just happened several times the rest of that day. And at first I thought, well, we've just reestablished our bond. That has to be what it is. You know, we had a tough moment. We reestablished our bond and we're good. But you know, the more I thought about it, I started to really think, wait a minute, this child needs more attention and more affection. You see, he's got twin siblings who are about three and a half years younger than him. And they were honestly getting a lot of my focus at that time because they were younger. And I hadn't recognized that before that moment that, oh my gosh, this kid is probably starving for me and therefore he's been acting up because he needs more from me. I can't believe knowing what I know that I hadn't recognized that earlier. But you know, we'll take attention from wherever we can get it. If we can't get it in the way that we want it or really need it, we'll take whatever we can get. So he wasn't getting my physical attention. He wasn't getting my attention mentally or emotionally. So he was more than happy to take my negative attention. It was better to argue and fight and get me for 30 minutes in that way than to not get me at all. And I will tell you that 
is so common. It is so common. I can't believe that I fell victim to it, but I did. I mean, it's just one of those things that I think parents do and why it's so great to have coaches because sometimes we can see things you can't see. Even when you are a coach, we need other people to see those things sometimes. But I feel very fortunate that I saw it. And that to me said that my heart really knew the way. And the way was I had need to hug that kid and I need to hug him often. So there you have it. It's very simple with anything, really. If you look at your life balance and you know what you want to create for the different areas of your life and the heart shows up with, oh, I would love this or I wish I could do that or I can't imagine getting to do such and such. But the mind kicks in and floods in with all of these reasons why you shouldn't, why you couldn't, why it's not for you and all the past experiences and all the data. I mean, it makes a compelling case. I will tell you, it can get you so confused that you don't know what the move is. I know I've been there many times. And if you're like me, you've been there too. But my friends, if you will stop, just stop, take some breaths, get yourself back to the present moment, to what's actually happening. And then ask yourself, If I were blank, so whatever it is you want to be experiencing, if I were whatever that is, what would I do next? That immediate first answer, whatever it is, it comes in so tiny sometimes until you build that muscle around it to where you can hear it better, but it will come in very small and you'll know it's the right thing because your mind will flood in with all that other garbage but it's the right move. That's the move. And I think every time you take that move and you check it out by following it and you see the results you get, you will be confirmed that that is the correct part of yourself to listen to, that your heart truly does know the way. And I'm hoping that this episode will help you not only see that that's true, but also gives you a tool that you can use to identify it. Because most of us have been following the chatter of our thinking for so long that we can't hear the still small whispers of our heart. My wish for you from this podcast is that you can develop the ability to hear it and the courage to follow it, the courage to make the decision to follow your heart because it truly does know the way. And the more you work with it and develop it, the easier the practice will become. Well, my friends, as always, I have loved sharing another one of my tools and some of my thoughts with you. I look forward to doing it again on the next episode. Thanks for joining me on the Decide Already podcast. If you like what you heard, visit my website at www.decidealreadypodcast.com where you can subscribe and download the show so you'll never miss an episode. I invite you to join the Decide Already group for women on Facebook or LinkedIn to stay connected with me and have access to all the units and postings that go along with my episodes. Be sure to share this podcast with the other women in your life as well. I'm Michelle Davis. Thanks for listening. Until the next episode, I'm sending out a whole bunch of love. Take care. Stay safe. And God bless.